Well, as you can see, Keith is not here. Well, only part of him is not here. Amen. Well, he started teaching a series on judging. Well, I wasn't surprised because it had been something that he and I had been talking about for quite some time because as he said and as I said, it's something that the Lord dealt with me about, man, three years ago. I remember, you know, it's like what he has said. I don't really know if it was a dream or if it was, you know, that that la-la land where you're half asleep and half awake sometimes scenario. But I know it as well as I know my name that the Lord showed me this in a way that I had never seen it before. And it has helped me so much. I think as much as the revelation about being saved, as much as the revelation about being led by the Spirit, and those two things I think have been the most vital things in my life. I don't know where I'd be today if it wouldn't be for the revelation of how to be led. I don't know because of all the things we've had to do with the churches and and the buildings and and all the things we've done. This has been as vital to me as that has been. And I would have never thought it because I have never heard anybody really teach on it. And, And so for it to be so important and never really hear anything on it, I was surprised. And so when the Lord told me it, I started... I told Keith when he asked me, I said, Phil, you really need to share on that. And I said, no, i got to live it. I can't share on something that I haven't lived or I haven't proved out or I haven't seen come to pass. So I've just been pondering this and praying about this and studying this for three years now. And I've been looking at it. and, And the more I look at it and the more I see it, the bigger and bigger and bigger it gets in my heart. And the more you see how important it is to us, the more you see how people have felt like God plays favorites. You know, I say that jokingly a lot of time. I'm God's favorite. Or how that maybe they've been dealt a second hand in life, not on the upper rung in life like some people have. Maybe they've been shorted in life. Or maybe some people have it better than them. Or maybe things are not fair in life. Or maybe they get more disappointments in life than other people get. Or maybe things don't go their way. Or maybe some people are just more lucky than they are in the natural. You know what I'm talking about. Some people use that word in in our natural realm. They're just more lucky than me. Things just happen better for them than they do me. They always get the good job. They always have the money. They always and and I never ever ever saw it. And 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 because you know you know as well as I know it just seems that way sometimes. It just seems like. Some people, no matter what they do, it always goes well for them. And other people, it just seems like everything they do falls apart. It just seems that way. You know what I'm talking about. And I I just never knew. But the more this last three years that I've seen this, I thought, God, you are so good to us. And people think they put everything back in God's hands. And it's not God. 
It's not left up to God. It's not left up to him at all. The more I see it, the more I've realized how much he's given us. And he told me this one sentence, and it has changed my daily life for the past three years. And I told it to you a few weeks ago. But I'm going to get more in depth with you today about it. And I'm going to explain it to you as best I can the way the Lord showed it to me. Because when he did, it's like it opened a whole new world to me about what was going on in our lives. And I didn't understand it. I didn't see it. I couldn't comprehend it. Because I, as you, was always looking to God. God, fix this for me. Go pray to God. God, show me how to do this. God, help me get my finances fixed. God, help me get my marriage fixed. God, help me get my healing. God, help me get this. Right? When he showed me this, I thought, oh, God. It's the answer. So if you have a Bible, I would suggest that you write this in front of it and you post it all over your house and you remember it on a daily basis because it's going to change your life forever. And I've never said that before in my life. I've never said anything like this before. I've never seen the importance of it before. People's worlds are framed by their judging. And I'm going to explain it to you in detail. People's worlds are framed by their judging. The Lord woke me up and told me that. Out of a, I know it was a dead sleep. People's worlds are framed by their judging. And I'm going to show you scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. And you know me. I'm not the way that Keith does it. I'm going to put it so natural that you're going to be able to apply it to everything that you do. Every time you get up in the morning, you're going to think, oh, man. And you're going to realize it because that's the way the Lord does me. He puts everything to me so naturally that it's like, okay. Because I guess I'm so simple, he has to do it that way. Now, some of you are so smart that he may can do it differently. But I have just been so natural that I do things so much in the natural. I have to deal with all the natural things. So he has to put it to me that way. Okay? So let's look at the scripture that Keith's been looking at. But let's look at it in the Amplified. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. In the Amplified. And if you don't have the Amplified, just look at the screen so you don't miss anything that it's saying. And every time it says, condemn yourself, or you'll be condemned, or I'm condemned, or it's talking about then you being condemned, say it with me. Do not judge or criticize and condemn others. No, that's condemning somebody else. That's not condemning yourself. I'm talking about it condemning you. You being condemned as a result. Do not judge or criticize. I don't want anybody to raise their hands if they've ever criticized anybody. Or condemn others so that you may not be judged or criticized and condemned 
yourself. Now, when you see this, it seems like it's going to be a very negative thing, but you're going to be shouting before we leave here today. I guarantee you, you're going to be shouting. Because I was. I'm telling you, it has changed my life. For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, what? Judged and criticized and condemned. Anybody ever in here been criticized? Anybody in here ever been condemned? Anybody in here ever been judged? Why? Why? Let's keep reading. For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, you will be judged and criticized and condemned and in accordance with the measure that you use to deal out to others. What? It will be dealt out again to you. Why do you stare at the very small particle in your brother's eye, but do not become aware and consider the beam of timber that's in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me get the tiny particle out of your eye when there's a beam of timber in your own eye? You hypocrite, first get the beam of timber out of your own eye, then you'll see clearly to take the tiny particle out of your brother's eye. Okay, I'm just going to keep reading and we'll, we'll come back to all this. But I think you'll get it before we do. Romans 2, 1, King James. And remember, read with me when it talks about you being condemned. Therefore, you are inexcusable. There's no excuse for it. Oh man, whoever you are that judgest, for wherein you judge another, what? You shall be condemned yourself, for thou that judgest does the same things. The Amplified says it this way. Therefore you have no excuse or defense or justification, O man, whosoever you are who judges and condemns another. For imposing as a judge and passing sentence on another, what's the next part? You condemn yourself. Now is God condemning you? Is the devil condemning you? Is your mother condemning you? Is your father condemning you? Is your boss condemning you? Is your husband condemning you? Who is condemning you? How much condemnation do you need? How bad has your life gone? How many bad things have happened in your life? How many areas have not gone the way that you want them to go? Who caused that to happen? Who caused bad things to happen in your life? Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? When I saw that... That any time I said something, okay, this was one of the very first things I realized when I saw that. The next morning, now you know how honest I am, right? The next morning I woke up and I asked Keith to do something for the ministry. It was like something we needed now. Well, Keith was getting ready for a service. 
Okay, and he had this on his mind, and he had this on his mind, and he had this on his mind. And in my mind's eye, I thought, we really need this now. And I got frustrated, and I judged him. And I thought, he is procrastinating again. Do you understand what I'm saying? It wasn't two weeks until I remember Tom and them asking me for something and Dave asking me for something, and I just kept putting it off. Tom, have I procrastinated more lately? Answer the question honestly. (laughs) The answer is yes. How many times has he asked me about something? But I know in my own heart that I had judged Keith about procrastinating. Do you understand what I'm saying? And every time we look at somebody and we judge them about something, we set in motion something to come to pass in our lives later. Every single time you look at somebody and you do something that, I mean, and it happens every second of the day. Let's keep reading. This one is going to get you. Matthew 12, 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account for in the day of judgment. I'm going to keep reading. I want to give you enough scriptures that there's no way to back out of it. Because I was trying to back out of it. Because if you know me, I have liked to talk sometimes. But I've gotten quieter over the last little bit. And anybody that knows me knows that. James 5, 9. The King James Version. It says, Grudge not against one another, lest what? You be condemned. Have you ever held a grudge? Ever. Then what's going to happen to you? People are going to hold grudges against you. That's what's going to happen. The Amplified says, don't complain against one another so that, say it with me, you yourselves won't be judged. What does he mean? So that you yourselves won't be complained against. Has anybody ever complained against you to your boss or to a family member or to a friend or to a pastor or to someone else? Well, There is a reason why. It didn't just happen out of the blue. It didn't just happen. It's because we sowed that somewhere in the past. We sowed it somewhere. We planted that seed. We put that in the ground. We did it. The NIV says, don't grumble. You ever grumbled? (laughs) Grumble. I'm telling you, when this is done, you're going to start. We're going to find a lot more people. Zip it, zip it, zip it. Because if you're smart, you're not going to want to reap that stuff anymore. Because we have done it. Now, understand me. Understand me. When I started looking at this, I said, Lord, 
we don't have to reap everything we sowed because you paid the price for us. We don't have to reap it. Everybody in here knows that. He paid the price for all of our sins. But now how many people in here will be honest enough to answer this question for me? I would like to see it for future reference. Okay? When you've opened your mouth and you've grumbled or you've complained or you've judged or you've talked about somebody, how many of you have actually repented about it? No. You've thought, no big deal. But if you stole or you did something big or you had an affair or you did some big sin, you immediately repent about it. But when you grumble or you complain or you judge, you just let it go because that's no big deal. Right? Honest, raise your hand. See? Why? The reason I'm saying that is because that's what the devil uses to get into our lives. It's exactly what the devil uses to get to us and set our paths for the rest of our lives because he knows we think it's no big deal. He's convinced us that our mouths are no big deal. But it is our mouths that set our life on the course that it's supposed to be on. When it is the most important thing, do you know that it's no more more of a big deal to commit murder than it is to lie? But we don't repent for lying. But dear Lord, we repent for murder to keep from having to go to jail. Do you understand? So the devil knows the game to play with us. That's why I'm saying when the Lord showed me this about judging, I thought, we've left the doors. I mean, it's like, have you ever lived out in the country and it's summertime and you left something on the table and all the doors are open, like you left the watermelon on the table, something sweet? What happens? You, you come back in and it is flies everywhere. That's what we've done with the devil. We've left the doors wide open and he's able just to come right in and eat our lunch. We didn't shut them. We left them wide open. Let's read another one and then I'm going to tell you some stories. James 5, 9. It says, stop complaining, brothers. Now, nobody in here has ever complained. (laughs) Right? We've never sown complaining. I know I've never sown complaining in my life. That's a lie. Every one of us in here have complained about something. But did we repent? No. So what are we going to get? We're going to get people around us that do what? Complain about one another in order that you may not be judged. I don't want complaining people around me all the time. I don't want to have to deal with complaining people all the time. So I'm going to zip it. I'm not going to complain anymore. I don't care how bad it is. I'm not going to complain. Now, I wrote down some natural things that I think will help you. 
that the Lord brought to my remembrance just as I was getting this message prepared and thinking about these things that I think all of us have dealt with over a period of time. And just check your hearts. I know I had to check my, like I said, I've been dealing with this for three years. I mean, every day I'll wake up and I'll start to say something to somebody and I'll go, hmm. And somebody will say something about somebody and I'll just go, hmm. And I'll be quiet. Not, you know, and I'm not judging them for saying it. I'm just being quiet. I'm just being quiet. But we as Christians, I have been as guilty of it. Everything I'm telling you today, why did God tell me? Because I was doing it. He, if he needed to tell you something about what you're doing, he'll tell you. Okay? But when he tells me, and something's good working in my life and helping me, I want to share it. Because yes. I don't want anybody failing. I don't think anybody should have to fail. And if something works for us, dear me, I would like for everybody to have a bigger house than we've got, a bigger car than we've got, a bigger church building than what we've got, more bigger airplanes than what we've got. Everybody can do it. You've got the same God we got. So if we share it, it's like Brother Hagin used to tell us. With the tools that you've got, you've got greater tools than what I had. So with the tools that I had, you should be able to take the tools you've got and go further than what I went. And if you don't, I'm going to kick you in the tail. (laughs) That's what he used to tell us all the time. So these are things that we've dealt with. And I know how I've dealt with them, and maybe it'll help you. Spiritual things, for instance. Maybe you know some people, or maybe I've known some people, that you think they ought to be more spiritual than what they are by now. Maybe they ought to be more mature spiritually than what they are by now. And maybe they've been in church all their life. Maybe they should have more money than what they have by now. They've heard every sermon that Keith's preached on finances. Why don't they have their finances in order by now? I'm just going to tell you what I said. They've heard every sermon. Now, what would that be called? That would be called judging. Or somebody gets sick and you tell them the word. And you go and blast them with 26 healing scriptures. And you think they should be further along than what they are. And you just say, receive it. What's wrong with you? Don't you know that you should be healed? Don't you know if you just get in the word, God would heal you? What's that? I know. I kind of did it with my mom. My mom passed away with cancer. And I got frustrated at her. And it was because I loved her. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to sit her down and say, shake her. Come on, mom. If you just do this, the word works. You don't have to die with cancer. If you just do the word, mom, come on now. You can do this. What's that? See how quiet you are? 
Now, I'm going to tell you what the Lord told me just this morning on the way over here about some of this stuff when I get done with it. I'll just tell you now. So as we go through it, you'll see it. I was driving over here. And the Lord said, do you know what's in the next chapter after that in Corinthians about judging? And I said, no. He said, the parts of the body, that I've given different parts of the body to do different things. That the hand can't do what the foot does, and the ear can't do what the eye does, and the knee can't do what the ankle does. There's different parts of the body for different things. Every person can't do what the other person is supposed to be doing. And I thought, that's great. And he gave me an illustration. I'm going to give it to you. You want to hear it? Okay, look at your knee. Everybody can see their knee, right? When you're walking, can your knee see out in front of you? Kind of in, in a funny sense, your knee's out in front. It could see if it had eyes. It could see out in front of you, right? It could see what was coming. Say it had eyes, your knee's going forward. It could see kind of what's coming. But now your back... It can't see what's coming. So something came to pass and your knee said to your back, why in the world didn't you stop that? Couldn't you see it coming? Your back would say, there's no way in the world I could see that coming. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because your knee's in the front. It has an opportunity to see different views than what your back does. Your back doesn't see the same view that your knee does. Do you understand that? Your eyes, they can see in front of you. The back of your leg, it can't see in front of you. It's got a different view. Is that right? So if you see somebody, say Mike here, and he's going along. Say he's needing healing. Maybe he grew up a total different denomination that never believed in healing. And maybe he's doing good to even be in this church that believes in healing. Right? And maybe Brother Gary here grew up in a church that believed in healing his whole life. And he can see the importance of healing. God's going to require something different of him than he's going to require of him. So who are we to know what he's requiring of him and what he's requiring of him? He may be requiring of him that he goes to the doctor and that he takes everything that the doctor gives him and that he does everything that the doctor says. And he may be requiring of him that he just stands on the word. Who are we to judge? We don't know his heart and we don't know his heart. And we don't know where they came from. We don't know their backgrounds. And even if we did, we don't know how much word they have in them. Because they're different body parts. And God did not give each and every person that's in the body the exact same calling and the exact same anointing. Some people, whether they ever yield to it or not, have more of a minister's anointing. 
They can get in the Word and they can read the Word and they can dissect it and understand it and do all these things to it that they need to know. And God's going to require more of them. Then there's other people that are just your basic lay people. Yeah, they need to know about healing and they need to know about these things, but God's going to require that maybe somebody help them and, and gird them up and encourage them and believe with them. How do you know which ones those are? Because it could be that the person, just because they know a bunch of scriptures, doesn't mean that they are the one that's supposed to be the minister person. They may be the very person that needs the encouragement because knowledge is not faith. How do we know? Who made us the judge? These are some of the things that the Lord has been showing me. We don't know a person's heart. I remember Brother Hagen telling the story, and some of you will remember it. Who are you to judge another man's servant? He did something, and the Lord asked him that question. Who gives you the right to judge another man's servant? Is that man working for you? Is that man hired by you? Does he have anything to do with you? And Brother Hagin said, no. He said, he's my servant. Then you let me judge him. Do you understand that? Now, again, I've got some more natural things down here. The next one I have down here, and no laughing, tips in a restaurant, waiters and waitresses. I've seen people, I mean, I've seen people just almost be Hard, down, rude, and judgmental. How dare they bring me the wrong thing? I told them five times. And every time I hear that, and I'm not saying it's anybody in here, but we can help other people. How do we know? How do we know that that's not really the first job they've ever had, that they've been on the street on drugs, and that they are at a better place than they've ever been in their entire lives. They're holding down a job. They're doing something beneficial for themselves. They're working. They're not holding up a sign on a street corner. Who are we to judge them? We don't even know where they came from. Maybe they came out of a foster home their whole life and they're holding a job. We don't know anything about them. So who will read to judge them? I've never shared this before. This is another thing that the Lord told me. I'm always, 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 always looking for ways. The word says, if you bless the poor, I will repay you. And it also says, um, if you bless the poor, you'll never lack. Right? So I'm always looking for ways to get money into people that I don't think has a lot of money. And um, I think it's very important in those situations that you never embarrass people. Because people that don't have a lot of money, it can be very embarrassing to them. But I have, the Lord, He did it. He showed me a way to do that without embarrassing anyone. When someone does a service for you, say, for instance, a waiter, a waitress, a person at a, a gas station, a, uh, an attendant of any kind, just you understand what I'm talking about. 
and you can actually tip them. If you ever had to wait tables like I did, you know you will not wait tables if you have any money. Do you understand that? Because you have to put up with all the people. It's not about the waiting tables and being tired. It's about all the people that you have to put up with. You understand that? Do we have any waiters and waitresses in here? Is that the truth? You won't do it. I mean, and you can be tired, but it's more about the people. And you can pretty much bet that they are not wealthy people. So in order to bless them, I always usually match whatever my bill is. Always. And that's what Brother Jesse was talking about. And that blessed him. Because he is the same way. He's always looking for ways. I don't go to places to eat unless I can. Because that's how you get where you can. Do you understand that? Because if you do that for people, what's going to happen for you? People are going to be looking for ways to bless you. If I go into a store or if I go into someplace, I am constantly, I mean, if I get my nails done, if I go into a hair salon, if I go, I mean, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And I'm not talking about me. And it's not for glory for me. I'm talking about ways that we can do it as a church. I don't get into the 15% or the 20%. If everybody's always looking for ways to do the least that they can on everything, that's what you're going to get all your life. The least that you can on everything. That's judging. Do you understand that? Maybe they don't deserve it. Maybe that's my next point. Maybe they really, really messed up. I went into the hair salon one time, and the girl just really messed up. She fried my hair. I mean, she fried it. And I gave her a huge tip. There was a guy that came and worked on something at our house, and, and um, I mean, he messed it up big time. There's people that's worked on these air conditioners and stuff. They've messed them up. We have paid the bills and gave them extra. And you say, why in the world would you do that? Why would you want them to be able to go and work on somebody else's stuff? Because I am not that man's judge. And let me explain that to you. If that man is going to fail... I don't want him failing because of something I did. Oh, yes. Amen. We had a gentleman. This is an absolutely true story. Rob's sitting right there. He'll remember it. We had a gentleman that came and put some granite in someplace. He broke the piece of granite just right in two. Not only did we pay him for putting in the piece of granite, we paid for the piece of granite and another piece of granite and paid him for putting it in. Why would you do that? Number one, because God is a good God. And if we really believe this prosperity stuff that we preach, money is not the most important issue. It's that person right there that's got to go back to his boss and tell him, man, I messed up. 
And maybe he's got a boss that's not saved. And maybe he gets fired that day and he's got three kids at home and a wife and he can't afford to get fired that day. Do you understand that? I don't want to judge him because he's having a bad day and get him fired. This is what the Lord's been dealing with me about. Do you understand that? Have you ever judged anybody that way? So are we setting up our lives, our own selves, in the way that we want them set up? Do you know we have never... Glory to God, it's His mercy and it's His grace. We've never, never, ever, ever, ever been attacked as a ministry. Sure, we've gotten a few letters about Keith in the airplane, or I've gotten a few letters about how dare Keith let that woman get up there and say anything she don't know what she's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Women preachers, all the... All the above. But you know, when you sow, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his to be at peace with him. Do you think it would have pleased the Lord for me to judge that man and to pick up the phone immediately and say, this idiot that I paid for this granite, that I need it done now. You don't understand. I need it done. I've got guests that's going to be here next week. I need it done now. He broke it. Now, it's going to be two weeks before you can get another piece of granite. It's going to be another two weeks before you can schedule it to get out here and put it in. Because he wasn't paying attention to what he was doing. He was on the cell phone talking and trying to carry a piece of granite. Now, raise your hand in here if you've never made a mistake. I don't want to sow that. I don't want to sow that. I don't want people calling on my employees when they've made mistakes. Do you understand that? I know. I have a whole slew of employees. And I know some of them have made mistakes. Just like I've made mistakes. And I want people to have mercy on every employee that I have when they make a mistake. So I want to sow that in every aspect that I can sow it in. Do you see why the devil's been able to run shot over every life in every person that's in here? It's because maybe this is 2015. So what's going to happen to you in 2018? Who has the plan? Who's got a calendar on their phone? Wake up tomorrow morning and plan your day for 2018. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wake up tomorrow morning, get your day timer out. Everybody has them on their phone. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know if it's exactly two years from now or five years from now or six years from now or whatever it is, but I do know that it's going to happen. So pick a time and put it on your calendar when you judge today. Say, um, let's see. Miss Sunny, she went out today and her kids did not treat her right, so she judged them for not taking care of her. So in 2018, somebody's going to judge her for not taking care of them. 
Do you got it? You might as well just write it down as soon as you do it. Because you just gave the devil power to do that. Unless you repent. 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 Another thing. Family and kids. I've seen it happen over and over and over and over again. Somebody says, do you see those kids, how they're letting them act in this restaurant? Do you see how they're letting those kids act? I would never let my kids do that. You can mark it down. Your kids are going to do it before you. And you won't be able to stop them. They're going to do it. Because you judge those people and their kids. You never want to do that. I tell you one thing I learned. I learned it. I mean, immediately. I never look at somebody and think they're overweight or they're getting old. (laughs) Never, ever, ever, ever. Or they have wrinkles. Or they're fat. Are they ugly? Never, ever, never, ever. It never happens. Quit it. Because you're going to look at a piece of pie and you're going to have to have the whole pie. And you're going to wonder why all of a sudden today you are just starving and you can't help it. You ever had that happen? Why? Why? Just all of a sudden you're just starving and you can't help it. Because you're judging other people. I would never let myself look like that. Huh? (laughs) Don't judge anything about anyone else. And you're going to find it's going to be the hardest task you've ever done in your life. Because people are going to walk in front of you. And the first thing your mind does is criticize. That's the same thing as judging. It criticizes something about them. I know. We, I mean, it's your family, money. They're always calling and us. Can't they get a job? Can't they? And I zipped it. I said, never again. I'm thankful we have money. Thank you, Lord. We have money. I don't want to judge anybody about not having money. I'm thankful we have the money to send them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We'll always have the money to send them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Never judge something that you're blessed to be able to do. Or you could lose the blessing and you could be just in the same boat with them. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? Never judge the way somebody lives or somebody's house or that they're late for work or that they're, that they said this or that they disrespected their husband or that they uh, said this about their parents because before you know it, Mark it on your calendar. You might as well go home and do one of two things. You'll have a choice. You can repent or you can write it on your calendar. You've got a choice. Do you see why I said this has changed my life as much as being led by the Spirit? Because I want to plan my future to be blessed. I want to plan my future to be the kind of person God wants me to be. And if you don't think you can do it, I know exactly how to fix it. Treat everybody that you come in contact with. Maybe Cher just mistreated me in the worst way. 
And my natural flesh would want to criticize her and judge her. So I just start treating her like I want something from her. You ever wanted something from somebody? How do you treat them? Like a teenager that wants to drive the car. Do you understand that? You make, and so I know you can do it. That's what I know, and the devil knows that. When a teenager wants something, what will they do? No matter how mad they are at you, what will they do? Doesn't matter how mad they are. They can change how they feel. They can be so mad at you. They can not even want to talk to you. But if they want something from you, they have the willpower to change everything about themselves. And that's what we can do. We can do the same thing. It's within us. We zip it. Or we say something nice, like Mama said. Got down here your spouse. Should I touch it? They are the easiest ones to judge because you're around them all the time. You see every fault they have. You see everything that you don't like about them. But if you don't watch it, you know how people say the older people get, the more they look like each other? (laughs) Have you ever heard that? Well, the more they act like each other, you know why? Because they keep judging each other. They just keep judging each other. He's judging her. She's judging him. He's judging her. She's judging him. He's judging her. She. And so they act just alike. <laughs> judging going on. Instead of loving judging, zip it. Because you'll be just like them. You will be. There, y'all are laughing. Is it true? It's true. It's true. Anybody that's been married very many years, you know it's true. You begin judging and these things happen. You don't want to judge your spouse. If you can get it fixed at home, you can get it fixed anywhere. Maybe they're late. Next thing you know, you get a little bit older, you ain't going to want to get up and go nowhere. You're going to be late for everything. (laughs) You watch. Put it on your calendar. Put it on your calendar. Ministers I have down here. You know, there's been times that I've heard ministers maybe say the wrong things that maybe I didn't necessarily agree with or maybe it wasn't something that I saw at the time or or maybe they were going a different path. You know what I do? Especially if that minister has a following, I sit there the whole time and pray in tongues for them. I've done it many, many times. Because I think they already have a following. Why not pray for them that they see exactly what God wants them to see? They don't lose their following. Do you understand it? They don't lose the people that are following them. They keep them. Because they're ministering. They keep that following and they just get on the course that God has planned for them. Because, you know, when people are that way, God has a plan for them. They have a call on their life. And the devil wants everything he can to get them off course. So why can't we as a church, instead of judging another man's servant, why can't we pray for them? And if everybody in the body of Christ is praying for them that they get back on track... What would that do for them instead of judging them? 
I mean, dear me, I would so hope. And maybe some of you think I am this morning, but if I got off track, that everybody, every time they saw me or every time the Lord brought my face to them, they would say, Lord, help her. Enlighten the eyes of her understanding that she could see truth. Instead of saying, did you hear what she preached? How off base she is. I know, we had some friends one time, and some people thought they got off track. We got calls to the ministry every other day about what they were teaching. Every other day. And that was our response. You lift them up. You pray for them. You don't judge them. You lift them up and pray for them. And that's what we need to do for ministers. Don't judge anybody because it won't be long till there'll be some revelation that'll come along and what'll happen to you? You'll be off course. And you don't want that. You want to stay in the middle of the road with everything. You don't want to be pray for the devil that something comes along, some doctrine comes along, and you've been in the middle of the road, but you judged a minister or you judged somebody else, and there you are out in left field with some doctrine. Right? I told you I was going to give you some natural things. Watch out for these words. Deserve, fair, owe, right, mine. Just watch out for those words. I think y'all are getting the picture of it now, right? Now, I think these next verses are going to mean a lot more to you. Okay? Are you ready for them? Proverbs 18.21. Anybody ever heard this verse? Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What kind of fruit you been eating? What's been in the power of your tongue? You've been eating bitter fruit or good fruit? Because it's going to grow. One or the other one's going to grow. So what you've been eating? Listen to this in the Living Bible. The New Living. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Now this last part that I want to talk to you about before we end today, I think you'll get There is such a thing and a way that we should judge. I don't want you to think that there's never a time for judging. There is a right way to judge. So let's look at a couple of these things, and I think you'll understand it. John 7, verse 24. It says, Judge not according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment. Let me read it to you from a few other translations, and I think it'll be real clear to you. John 7, 24, in the Amplified. Be honest in your judgment, and do not decide at a glance, superficially, by appearances, but judge fairly and righteously. The English version says it this way. Stop judging by external standards. And judge by true standards. You know nothing by looking at somebody's outside. 
If there's one thing I have learned in the ministry and people that we've been around, you can never tell a book by its cover. I mean, you can sure, you can tell fruit from a person and what they do, but just by standing off at a distance and looking at somebody, you can't tell a lot of stuff. You have to judge by the inside of you. And for me right now, I ain't doing a lot of judging. I'm going to leave that part up to God. Yeah, Yeah? and it says that. John 7.51 Doth our law judge a man, any man, before it hears them? And know what he has done or doeth? And then John 18, 14, and 15. So I'm just going to give you a bunch of scriptures. I don't want to disappoint Keith if he hears this. <laughs> Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whether I go. But you cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. You judge... What? After the flesh. That was John 8, 14 and 15. And I judge no man. And back to one of the first things we started with. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one. For if what? Everybody read that with me. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not... Be judge. The Amplified says it this way. For if we searchingly examine ourselves, detecting our own shortcomings, recognizing our own condition, we should not be judged and penalty decreed by the divine judgment. How many want to change their future from their past? Do you understand why this is ministered to me so much? I want a great future. I believe our futures can be greater than our past. I don't believe we have understood how much God is left in our hands. I think our lives are left in our hands. I think if we want to have money, it's just like what it talks about. We sow and we put God first. And we don't Judge by being short on everything. I think if we want love, I, that was one of the things that the Lord showed me just a few minutes ago, and I, and I forgot to tell you. Think about what the first commandment is. What's the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them. We call that the golden rule, or it's the commandment of love. For if you would, where is that in Matthew? Man should do unto you, do you also unto them likewise. What is that? It's the very same thing. And the more in the word and the older and maturer I get, I'm kind of like Brother Hagin. The more you see, the less you see, you know. Because you see how the Bible just connects one thing into the other thing, into the other thing, into the other thing. 
Because love and judging is the same thing. I mean, if we love people, we're not going to judge them, but how it affects us and, and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Maybe your kids' lives have not been turning out good. Well, then you start never judging another kid the whole rest of your life as long as you everly live. Maybe your marriage hasn't been good. Maybe you've judged somebody else's marriage. Maybe your finances haven't been good. Maybe you've judged somebody else's tithing. Or maybe you've judged the way you, your boss is paying you. I don't know. But go back. Repent for what you've done thus far and make it right for the future. And I'm not kidding you. I'm telling you. Immediately when you this service dismisses, I'm telling you. The devil is going to be right there. And he's going to say, look at her dress. Look at his hair. Look at it. Look at it. It's messed up. See it? Messed up right there. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? That shirt doesn't match that tie. Well, how, what, what, did, is he colorblind? <laughs> and the thoughts are going to come to your mind. But it's like Brother Hagen said. A bird can fly over your head, but don't let it build a nest. Let that thought just go right by and say, open your mouth. I ain't judging. Ah, Not me. I ain't judging. Let that bird fly right over there and open your mouth. I ain't judging. If you have to, under your breath and get a handle on it. Or get your daytimer out. (laughs) One or the other. Because you're setting up your future. Now listen to this last thing. This very last thing. I think you'll get it. It's in the Message Bible. Romans 12, verse 14 to 21. The Message Bible. Look at the screen. You'll get a kick out of it. I told you you'd shout. It says, bless your enemies. What does it say? No cursing under your breath. You would, Hey, you want them doing that to you? Absolutely not. No cursing under your breath. Keep going. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Don't say, I'm sick and tired of crying with them. They cry all the time. Hey, you want to cry all the time? Exactly. Get along with each other. You ever told anybody they were stuck up? You ever thought, that is the most stuck-up person I have ever met in my life? Huh? Now, I'm telling you, we've done these things, guys. We've done them. Do you want anybody saying you're stuck-up, Mike? No. You don't want people thinking that about you. Make friends with? Well, they're just nobody. I don't have any time to spend with them. Nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Right? Keep going. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone, even Mrs. Moore. (laughs) If you got it in you, which we all do, I just told you, even like the teenagers, if you got it in you, get along with everybody. Keep going. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. That's what I was talking about. I ain't judging nobody. Our scripture tells us that if you see your enemy hungry, go by that person. Are we about to break out? Service here? 
You got an enemy in here? You better find them quick. Go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness, and you'll be setting yourself up for a good future. Don't let the devil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet. Go clear out your day timer. Take all the bad things out. So you can have a place to put all the good things that are going to happen in your future. Because we have kicked the devil this morning. I'm telling you. Did you get the picture this morning? I believe the Lord helped us this morning. I believe we see a brighter future than what we've seen before. It doesn't matter if you've been broke, if you've been down, if you've been sad, if you've been depressed, if you've been anything. If you've been depressed, see that just came up in my heart. You have judged someone that has been depressed. Do you get it? Do you understand this? Repent. For judging somebody that's been depressed. Saying, they don't have to do that. They don't have to be that way. You get it. If there's an area in your life that you have lack in, go back. Find it. Whatever the area is, you had to open the door somewhere to be judged. Let's fix it here and here this morning. Our lives, we can take them back. This is a victory thing in here this morning. It is victory. I'm telling you. Let's bow our heads. Father God, I do thank you this morning. I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for this revelation, Father. I believe it set us on a different course, Father. I thank you for your word. I, say it with me, I purpose in my heart to stop judging. Lord, put a watch on my mind, my heart, my mouth, that I am quickened by the greater one inside of me every time I go to judge. And I'll stop. With your help. I see. A bright. Great. Future. For myself. My end days. Will be greater. Than my beginning days. And I thank you for it. In Jesus name. Amen. This ministry has been brought to you today. Free of charge. By the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.